Fantastic. Welcome to all of our Concord family. Welcome to our online family as well. Hey, make sure that you've got this Wednesday and every first Wednesday on your calendar. First Wednesday. So if you get confused about which Wednesday in it, everybody say first Wednesday. First Wednesday. What is first Wednesday? First Wednesday is the first Wednesday of the month and and it's our Sunday night service. So right here in the Wooden Auditorium, we have an agenda, but we we go into the altars. I mean, we, it is absolutely amazing. Our very own Pastor Joe Phillips, who's one of our own, he's an evangelist, one of the greatest communicators. Um, He's going to be preaching an illustrated sermon this Wednesday. So you be here, bring somebody. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Go ahead and take out your copy of God's Word and turn to Genesis 1.28. Genesis 1.28, as we begin this brand new series that we're calling Living for More. Living for More. I want to talk to you today about doing work that matters, being a multiplier in the marketplace. So uh, if you've been around here for a while, um, you'll remember our multiplier series, but there's a lot of you that have not been around here. In fact, today, right after our 11.30 service, we're having a guest luncheon, and we are having our largest guest luncheon we believe ever in the history of Multiply. So come on, give the Lord praise for that. We've got over a 100 people, and you say, well, have you not been doing guest luncheons for a while? No, we've been doing them like every six weeks, and we've had 40, 50, 60 people every time. It's just been absolutely uh, uh, amazing, and God's doing great things. And so uh, part of this series, I want to catch you guys up to speed on, on where the Lord has us and where we're heading. But here's the thing. Too many people, too many people live in America and live in the Western world with this kind of mindset when it comes to your job, your employment, and your work. And here it is. Two two sentences. Thank God it's Friday. Oh God, it's Monday. Right? And we like, it's living for the weekend and all right, it's family time and I get to go to the lake and church on Sunday, but oh, Monday, Monday's coming. We live it and we go over and over again. I mean, we've seen in the last two years, more people in Western culture have changed jobs, have changed career fields than ever before. It's in, it's insane, right? It's all like the, the grass is greener type mentality. In fact, I heard a study, uh, the other day that said that up to 70% of those who change jobs and careers wish that they wouldn't. So there's a, a lesson in that. But even now, I read something this past week, 44% of the current workforce is looking for another job. That's encouraging bosses, right? You're like 44% of the people under you, if they have an op- another opportunity, they're, go- they're gone. And, and the, the reasons that they're given are all kinds of reasons. You know, it's what you would expect. It's more money. It's greater flexibility. It's um, more opportunities. The ceiling's higher, all of those. But we got we to gotta at least say this, right? At the core of this is some sort of root of dissatisfaction, Right? Like if you were extremely satisfied, wow, I can't wait till Monday, I can't wait to wake up and go and do what I do, you probably wouldn't be looking. And so what we're experiencing is this this like crisis of dissatisfaction. And what I want to do over these next several weeks is I want to preach purpose into you at a deeper and greater level than I believe that you've ever experienced before. And so whether you've been following Jesus for all of two minutes 
minutes or 20 years or 80 years, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to use this teaching to bring a greater awareness and understanding of your purpose. And so you're going to walk in and you're, you're going to do work that matters. Can I ask you, are you finding fulfillment at work? Are you finding fulfillment in your employment? What, what if you could live for more? What if, what if Monday was as exciting as Sunday? What if Wednesday felt as energizing as Friday? What if Thursday was as life-giving as Saturday? And so in order to do this, let's walk through the, the scripture here. So Genesis 1.28, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. You were created to bear fruit and you were created for multiplication. I planted a garden yesterday. We planted our garden yesterday and we put in our sunny golds. We put in our Cherokee purples and our our uh, green peppers and we're trying watermelon this year and I promise you this I did not plant that tomato plant to get one tomato if I do I'm gonna be mad because I put in too much work uh, composting that soil, getting that soil ready, right? And, and hoeing up and tilling that up and, and too much money and time and energy to, to produce one tomato. And I think sometimes the devil tricks us into being satisfied with less fruit in your life, in your marriage, and in your work than God meant for you to have. You were born, you were made to bear fruit. And not just one tomato. Tell your neighbor, not just one tomato. They're coming, y'all. Those tomato sandwiches are coming. They're coming. Absolute onion. I never did that. I might have to try. Not on. No, no. I know health, health food people throw throw it out. It's white bread. You got it. White white bread for a tomato sandwich. Man mayonnaise. Only only Dukes. Only Dukes. Can I talk to my fellow? fellow Yankees in the house you were sold a lie called Miracle Whip growing up it's a lie I love you the devil had you in bondage throw it out Dukes it's got to be Dukes sometimes on both sides of the both pieces of bread salt and pepper and anyway anyway we're gonna get there but don't don't let the don't let the devil let you satis, let let you be let let you settle for a miracle whip life when Dukes is available. <laughs> let me say it that way. Don't, <laughs> don't don't be satisfied with less. Your job is not your is not your holding cell. Um, you, what's the what's the purgatory? Your job is not is not your purgatory. I want to teach you this deeply from scripture that you have that you have deep purpose and God blessed them and said to them be fruitful um, and multiply and everybody say and so I'm going to teach the next layer of this to you you have multiplication DNA in you you were not created as a consumer the last 50 years of western culture has preached to you the gospel of consumerism eat this buy this drink this go to this place experience this and you'll be satisfied and so you do until you are and then you're not and then you're more empty and you say I did what the commercial said for me to do why do why am I not experiencing the ongoing emotions that the commercial said that I would experience 
and we end up eating like the, the people in that book, The Phantom Tollbooth. We end up feasting on subtraction stew, and it's the more we consume, the emptier we are. So I get a promotion, but I'm more empty. And I make more money, and I'm more empty. And I switch job because everybody else was switching jobs. But I'm more empty. What if you could really, like really deeply live for more? So here's the key. And fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion. Say dominion. It's a key word. We'll get back to it. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So let me teach this using my Wheel of Fortune or, or Prices Right Wheel. How many Wheel of Fortune fans? Any Prices Right fans in the house? And so um, I want to teach teach this to you. And I believe that over the next several weeks, again, the Holy Spirit's going to use this to unlock greater purpose in your life. So it all starts with what's at the center. Right? Or let me, let me uh, say it this, this way, a better way. It all starts, your purpose begins with who is at the center. Who is at the center. And so everyone, every man, woman, child of the 7 billion plus people on the planet has something or someone that is at the center of our lives. We don't get to choose that. It just is. We all have a center and we all live out of that center. The thing that we get to choose is who is at the center. So what I would propose to you is there are only two choices. There's really only two choices. Seven billion people, but there's really only two, two choices. Either Jesus is at the center of your life or you are. That's right. Think about and, and the expression, if you put yourself at the center, that could express itself in multiple ways, right? Whether that's through uh, seeking truth through Hinduism or Buddhism or spirituality or atheism or money or job or success or fame or clothing or whatever it is. Like the, the selfish you can express itself in multiple ways. But really at the, at the center of it all, it's either Jesus is at the center of my life or you are. And we've got to be careful, American church, we've got to be careful that we're preaching 100% surrender to Jesus. So, so, so I wrote this a couple weeks ago, but let me, let me say it this way. One of the problems with some current gospel presentation is that it can seem to present a solution where we don't show any problem. I.e., we can present the gospel, love, hope, and the peace of Jesus without showing the problem of sin. That we are wretched, fallen, sinful creatures destined for an eternity of separation from God. And if we don't see our fallenness, then we won't see our need for a savior. Or worse yet, we can fall into modern day syncretism where we just add Jesus to our shelf of gods. Consumerism, selfishness, drunkenness, sexual immorality plus Jesus. But Jesus, the eternal one, then becomes a little J God that we add for good vibes along with everything else that we are serving. Church, he is a jealous God. He will not be added to the shelf of spirituality in your life. We do not add him, we choose him. We must repent of sin, turn to Jesus, surrender to Jesus. The gospel is free, but it costs everything. You you plus Jesus doesn't work here. Does that make sense? 
It's got to be like you have to be under the cross every, every day. Surrender, Jesus, I surrender my will to you. Jesus, I surrender my wants to you. Jesus, I surrender my flesh to you. Jesus, I surrender my spirit to you. Jesus, I surrender everything to you. And then through the power of the cross, we get to be a part of this amazing body called the church. The church, that Greek word ekklesia, the assembly of the called out. How many of you know that for decades, for decades, the devil has been attacking the church? And listen, the the church is not perfect because the church is made up of people. If you find the perfect church, please don't go. You'll ruin it. It, It's just, I mean, we we bring ourselves into the church. And so no church, including Multiply, is perfect. But, but, but the devil, we have to understand this, that for decades the devil has been attacking the church. In the 70s, do you know what the primary attack of, uh, against, I believe, one of the primary attacks of the church was? What happened in the 70s? Businesses, for the first time, started being open on Sundays, right? And so that's when you saw this shift away in American culture and American life. Church was central. It was the beginning of the, of, of the week. It was central to life. And in the 70s now, you had this business and church on Sundays. In the 80s, it was, oh, church is boring. It's not relevant. In the 90s, it's, it was this sentiment that was expressed like this. I love Jesus, but just not the church. I'm spiritual, but not religious. In the 2000s, it was travel ball and all of these sports activities and family activities and family begin to replace the center of many people's, including Christians, lives. In 2010, we saw that all of this movement of people that had been hurt by church. And in 2020, well, if only the devil did something in 2020 that tried to keep people out of church. I don't even remember. But how many of you understand that this has been going on for a while? He's been trying to keep people out of church. You know what I see though? I see people coming back to the house of God. I see people coming back to the house. I see a hunger for the house arising. And I prophesy this not only upon Cabarrus County, but upon America, that a hunger for the house of God is returning. That people are waking up and saying, I was glad when they said to me, come, let us go to the house of God. I prophesied that a zeal for the house of God will consume you. And I believe that there will be a holy FOMO, a holy fear of missing out. I can't miss church today because today's the day I might get my miracle revival might break out today I might get a blessing today I might bless somebody else today come on can you celebrate this that people are returning to the house of God but as it pertains now watch this as it pertains to your purpose I believe that in the past decades for this is not a a survey this is Pastor Doug's opinion, I believe that this is where that the devil has tried to get 90% of Christians to stop. Like, okay, if you're going to serve Jesus, just serve Jesus. And I don't want you to go to church, but if you have to go to church, go to church. But the enemy tries to get you just to live in these two circles. And if you only live in those two circles, then you will only unlock part of your purpose, but not the fullness of who God created you to be. So let's go back to our multiplier series. We taught through Ephesians 4. And remember that Ephesians 4 said the God of all who is 
above all and in all and through all. And then the Apostle Paul says to each one of us, to each one of us, not just to the pastors, not just to the paid staff. In fact, the division of clergy and laity didn't even come onto the scene in the church until 300 AD. And so for 300 years, it wasn't, oh, are you called to ministry? It was, of course, you're called to ministry. Every believer is in ministry. But we understand then that the Apostle Paul taught that every believer has either apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, shepherding, or teaching gifting within us. So you're, you're a Jedi and you didn't even know it. You're an avenger and you didn't even know it. There is superhero in you. Apostolic, um, we taught that Paul wasn't using churchy words. He was just using words to describe the function. Does that make sense? And so we, we hear apostle and we get all, whoa, you know, or prophet. And it's like, oh, that's all. No, no, these were just functions of gifting within the body of Christ. So let me explain it like this. The apostolic gifting within you is the gifting of an entrepreneur or an innovator. You got so many ideas. Your, your spouse is frustrated with all your ideas. You always got an idea. That's apostolic within you. Uh, prophets are seers and reformers. You see, you see injustices in our society. You see where our nation is headed and, and a holy indignation is rising up within you. That's a prophetic gifting. That's a prophetic calling that it's in you. Evangelists are storytellers and gatherers. People that are, that you just, you gather people and you, you, you lead them to Jesus and you, you tell stories and you're um, shepherding our caretakers and healers. Teachers are learners and guides. And so all of this, we want to, Pastor Steve has done an amazing job of, of teaching this. So we call, we call all of this APEST. And we did this on a, a series on a deeper. Some of you went through that series. It was absolutely amazing. I don't know uh, how many of you have taken like other types of assessments before, so whether that was like a, a disc assessment or a strengths finder or EQ or Enneagram, how many of you have ever taken one of those, right? And so probably when you took one of those, you had an aha moment of like, oh, that's, that's why I am the way that I am, or you took the Enneagram and more likely it was like, oh, that's why my spouse is the way that my spouse, right? And so you, but you had these aha moments and what we're finding is people that are going through this class, this APES class with Pastor Steve, are having some deep aha moments of, oh my goodness, I, ne- I never realized that was the teaching gifting in me. I never realized that that was the prophetic gifting in me. And so we're doing a one day from 9 to 11 on May 14th, two hours. It'll change your life. Highly encouraging. We'll, we'll do more of these on Wednesday nights, but hit that QR code. And that, that link also is in your, your notes on your app. And so if you're interested in that, we'd just encourage everybody to be a part of that. I believe that you're gonna, that deeper purpose is going to awaken in you as a part of that. And so... Um, now, now here's where it gets really fun, all right? So we all have to make a choice who or what is at the center of our lives, and then we're all called to be a part of this amazing body called the church that we get to do this together, and then we unlock our Ephesians 4 APES gifting, and the application of that then is what I'm going to call the seven gates, the seven gates of society. So let me teach through this real quick. Again, you can follow, pull up your app. Your notes are on your app, and I think this will be helpful for you. But gates, let me define gates for you. So when I say gates, gates are spheres of influence and control emanating from the heavens that shape the way people think 
and behave. Let me say that again. Gates are spheres of influence and control emanating from the heavens that shape the way people think and behave. So let me say this. This is very important. Whoever controls the gates rules the city. This was true in antiquity. This was true in in Jericho. This was true in Jerusalem. Whoever controlled, there were walls around the city and on those walls had gates and whoever controlled the gates, that's why if you wanted to take, if an enemy wanted to take the city, the enemy would attack the gates because whoever controls the gates rules the city. Now here are what I believe are seven very important gates of society. So where did this come from? Well, we got to go all the way back to 1975. Let me give you a little bit of the history of this. In 1975, there were two amazing men of God, Dr. Bill Bright and a guy by the name of Lauren Cunningham. So Dr. Bill Bright founded Campus Crusade for Christ. It's known as Crew. It was one of the most amazing ministries to secular colleges and universities across our time. Hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ through the ministry of Dr. Bill Bright. And then Lauren Cunningham was YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And so uh, God used Lauren Cunningham just to to launch um, so many young people back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s into into their calling to be missionaries and working with this. So Dr. Bill Bright was praying and fasting, and he was getting alone with God. God, what are you doing next in society? Lauren Cunningham was doing the same. And then they came together. They didn't know each other was doing that, but then they came together and had lunch the next day. And Lauren Cunningham looked at Dr. Bright and said, hey, can I show you something that the Lord has been uh, showing me? And he kind of pulled out a napkin and the, he said, the Lord showed me that there were these seven influences or seven gates. They called them seven mountains. You may hear it taught in different ways. I, I call it gates. I think it helps us a little bit in our understanding. But there's these seven areas of society that God has called believers to step into. And Dr. Bright was just sitting there shaking his head like, oh my goodness, God just showed me the exact same thing. And so this is application. This is not perfect, right? But this is just, this is application of this. And so the gates would be this, the gate of government, the gate of media, the gate of entertainment, the gate of education, the gate of family, the gate of health, and the gate of business. So remember what I said, whoever controls the gates controls the city. Do you, see, you, do you see what the enemy's been up to? So if the enemy wants to attack believers, if he wants to attack the church, if he wants to attack the very foundation of our faith, then where is he going to start? He's going to start by attacking the gates. Let's do a little informal, informal survey here. There's no right or wrong. Um, the kingdom, kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Who is Political, political affiliation aside, who do you think is winning the war over the gate of government? It's okay, you can say. I know we're not, we're not supposed to like, yeah, we're not giving the devil. His de- yeah, the devil has government. Can we just say, say that like worldwide, right? We, look, we, we are not winning that gate. Um, media? Somebody in the eighth service was like two times over, right? Okay, let's... We're going we're gonna to give, give in win-loss columns today. I mean, we're just, you, you got to, uh, good to great, the book, good, good to great, Jim Collins says, you got to confront the brutal facts without losing hope. Here's what we're doing. We are confronting the brutal facts. <laughs> the kingdom of righteousness currently, I don't believe, has control over the gate of media across the world. The gate of entertainment, 
Anybody want to argue that Jesus is in control of all the movies right now? No? Okay. All right. That one goes to the devil too. What about education? Here's what, I don't know. I'm, again, this is just informal survey. I'll tell you what I believe. I think that's a battleground right now. I think that's a battleground. I think, I think family is a battleground right now. I think health, the healthcare industry is a battleground right now. And I think business, business is a battleground right now. But watch this. I believe that this is what the Spirit of the Lord, one of the things that the Spirit of the Lord is doing. I see a church rising up where people are not just coming back to come to church more than ever, but where they realize their superhero gifting and anointing and are going to be anointed to step into the gates and have dominion, have dominion in, in society. Do you see this? You, you have prophetic, how many of you think that we need some prophetic people to step into government and, and call things out and speak, speak truth and righteousness to power? How many of you think that we need entrepreneurs and innovators to reinvent business? But, but like all of these things, right? We need some evangelists to step into government. We need some storytellers to step into our media and to write the best movies should be written by Christians, we got the best story of all time. Like, let's, let's not be afraid. The devil's going to get the church to circle the wagons, circle the wagons. We're just going to give all of these gates to the enemy. And we hope that, we hope that maybe our family, we get, get away with our family and then a little bit of education, but we're going to circle here. No, we are not called to circle the wagons. We're going to storm the gates, church. That's what we're called to do. You have dominion. Dominion is rising up. You say, Pastor, I know those Dominion people at work. They're called jerks. <laughs> but that's why you got to take Dominion. So that word Dominion is rada. It means to dominate. Say dominate. You are called to dominate whatever field that you are in. If you're in the health field, you're called to dominate that field. You're called to dominate, but you got to take dominate with Philippians 2, 3 through 7. And that is where Jesus said, I didn't come to rule over you. I came to serve you. So watch this. The position of dominion, the posture of a servant. The position of dominion, the posture of a servant. And so if we will step in, if we will rise up as believers, rise up church, rise up. Now is not the time to shrink back. Now is not the time to circle the wagons. Not is not, now is not the time to just hope we make it until the rapture. Now is the time like never before to step into the area that God has called you to step into with dominion with dominion the devil has lied to us and he has told us and he has reinterpreted Genesis 1:28 to read something like this and God blessed them and God sent it, said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the church only on Sunday and just have dominion over the sphere of religion circle the wagons and try to keep the devil out of the church but if you have to live but if you have but if you have to live in a world where he dominates the gates, 
Church, we are not just called to be fruitful and multiply within the sphere of the church. Although we are, we are called to have dominion and multiply over the entire earth. We are called to have dominion over everything. Dominion. Dominion in business. I want you to imagine a world where Christian innovators and entrepreneurs in the midst of greed and all kinds of other stuff and we don't have time to go down that road that Christians with the God-given gift of creating wealth creating wealth that is a God-given I hope I hope you have one of these aha moments of like that's what God created me to be I'm a I have apostolic and I'm called into the area of business creating wealth through business ideas that take their place and manage businesses with integrity and honesty and thereby changing the business world into a God-minded purpose to use prosperity to further the kingdom of God. I want you to dream of, of a government Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. A nation is led by its government. So wherever the government is heading, society is heading as well. We need to bring the gospel of Jesus into the government order and find righteous political leaders that have, will have a positive effect on all aspects of government. We're going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a whole message on this one. You won't want to miss that Sunday. That's going to be fun. But we're not going to shrink back. In Cabarrus County, we're not going to shrink back. So I want, you, I want you to think of these gates in two areas. Think of our nation because that's important. Think of the, the world because that's important. But I want you to think of our backyard. Of our backyard. What if every... Let me, let me explain it by this. Some of the things that we're seeing in our society, they are being changed not by the majority, Right? Does that make sense? You're like, the majority of people don't believe that. But they're being, we're seeing entire aspects of our society changed. How? Through a small minority that has dominated a gate. And whoever controls the gate rules the city. And that's why God is calling prophets to rise up and to step into media. And that's why God is calling shepherds and caretakers and healers to rise up and step into the area of healthcare. I'm telling you, we're about to see, we're about to see a move of God. We're about to see a move of God. Dream with me about a, a media. Media has the power to shape opinions. It speaks either truth or lies. And the world needs Christians who are willing to report righteously and truthfully in the secular marketplace. Entertainment, and I would include in entertain, the entertainment gate, this is arts and sports. Sports as well. This mountain is one of the most influential forces shaping our society. Music, filmmaking, sports, television, social media, performing arts are everywhere determining the daily life of individuals. They set values and standards of a nation's citizens, particularly its youth. How many of you think we need some APES people in entertainment? Education. Education is one of the most powerful weapons on earth. We have to pay attention to what we are passing on to the next generation. What children are learning today decides our tomorrows. It matters. 
families. Families are the building blocks of society. In a generation where the family, uh, where the family is being attacked like never before, controversies like issues of fatherlessness, divorce, abuse, homosexuality, pornography, God is calling us to bring back his order and love into the families of society. Here's what I want you to do. Would you stand all across? Uh, if you're watching online, would you stand wherever you're watching? heads bowed and eyes closed all across the house today how many of you would just say this pastor I I don't know everything at this moment but I want the Holy Spirit to empower me with the apostolic prophetic evangelistic shepherding and teaching with my gifting to step in and not just not just get beat up at work but to step in with a position of dominion. The posture of a servant, the posture of love, always pointing people back to Jesus. But, but pastor, would you pray over me? Would you impart to me? Would you bless me with dominion so that I could step in with favor and so that I could lead with righteousness? If that's you, would you just lift a hand all across this place? Father, I, I just speak dominion over the house today. I speak dominion over the house that you did not call us to shrink back in these moments of where our world is headed. But God, I pray for the gates. God, we tear down the ungodly influence of the gates, Father. And we thank you that you win every battle, God. That you win every battle. Come on, let's just begin to declare this. that there is no such thing as secular employment for the believer. There's no such thing. It's all ministry. It's all ministry. It's all ministry. It's all ministry. When you go, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you're not going to your job. You're going to your ministry. And you walk with favor and you walk with authority and you walk with dominion and you will take those gates in the name of Jesus. Once we are born again, everything about us is redeemed for kingdom purposes. It's all spiritual. It's either a legitimate kingdom expression or we shouldn't be involved in it anyway. Every believer is in full-time ministry. Only a few have pulpits and sanctuaries, but the rest have your pulpit in your area of expertise and favor in the world systems. You got more in you than you think you do. You have calling and an assignment at a gate. Take your gate. 
take your gate. For the last 25 years, you say, you say, Pastor, we got to win this war in the heavenlies first. It's a spiritual battle. I agree. And that's for why for the last 25 years at this church, we've had walls of prayer where 24 hours a day, somebody's praying about one of these gates. Thank you to our prayer warriors. Thank you to those of you that are on these walls. So these gates, I, I believe that we have done and continue to do. There's still work to be done. But we are doing the work to open these gates in the heavenlies. Now we need people that with this APS gifting to just go ahead and take, take the gate. Just go ahead and step in and take the gate. Dominion. Dominion. You walk with authority. One more question. We'll, we'll close. What's here? Is, is there somebody within the sound of my voice today that you would say, Pastor, honestly, it's myself. I've been living for myself. I've been trying to do it my way and it's not working. And you just want to surrender yourself and say yes to Jesus. If that's you, would you just pray this prayer as I pray it out loud? Just say something like, Jesus, I surrender. I kneel at the cross today. I believe that you died and rose again. And I ask you to forgive me, come into my life, come into my heart, and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.